It feels amazing. I'm so thankful to have the fans in my corner, to have my people behind me. My goal in WOW is to go as far as the fans will take me. Because I do it for the people. I do it for the people. You know what? We all have our 15 minutes of fame. And I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Leaps, luchadors, and monsters clash. That is the episode title that WOW has given to episode 49. This is your host, Mr. Green, and we are going to go through yet another edition of WOW Women of Wrestling and whatever other little notes and tidbits and information that might be relevant to that. Thank you for tuning in for this, and... There is no time like the present to jump into this thing, so let's get to it. First thing I have to note is that the entrance or the intro of this is a little different. They did not do the typical recap of the last week's main event, the setup for this week's main event. This is mostly like a montage of the people that they had on their roster. And then they went into the entirety of the match line. It was like, it's BK Rhythm, TK Tomorrow, Foxy Fierce, Robert, you know, just, just the normal David McClain shtick. As he yells and goes in about, you know, the, the high quality wrestling action and wrestlers that, well, I should say superheroes. Sorry, they don't, they don't refer to them as wrestlers. Wow, superheroes. So that that's what was the thing that opened this episode up, which, you know, all things being equal, it's nice to see them do something different every once in a while for whatever reasons that they did it. I can only assume that that happened based on that this match or this episode is just a series of cold matches and it mean nothing. I'm sorry, but they don't. They'd, these matches, none of these matches mean anything. None of these matches are going anywhere. It's, it's just a series of matches that they just have to kind of fill up airtime. And, and there's not really much else to it besides that. Uh, maybe I'm viewing it wrong. I don't know. If it is something that I am wrong about, and you feel like, no, wait a minute, that match with Tiki tomorrow and BK Rhythm is going somewhere. They're doing this, that, and the other. Then you let me know. Leave it in the comments. Tell me. And speaking of BK Rhythm and Tiki tomorrow, they were the opening match of this show. So we've got Rhythm and tomorrow 
who are coming out doing their, their normal thing. BK Rhythm in particular coming out doing her normal shtick. She got the uh, the headphones on and pick up a pick up the mic and gonna cut a, a, a rhyme on on a tiki. Nothing memorable in that. I mean, I, I, I really wish that I could say that there was some sort of memorable line that was tossed out into this, but not so much. Uh, she, she just hasn't had, I mean, and that's probably because of the environment. Like I said, most of the people here, most of the wrestlers do not really get the chance to get on the microphone, cut a promo, establish who they are, give you give you more background to them. I mean, Wild tried it when they first got on the air, but they tried it with all vignettes and, and sit-down videos and things that weren't relative to the episode, and then they would have them, and then they would go right out there and lose. So it wasn't even just a case of that they didn't do it. They didn't do it well. Like, the videos looked fine, and then you would feel like, all right, well, I know a little bit something about them. Maybe I should root for them. But then it just wouldn't go anywhere. And then they would do that for people that were supposed to be heels. Like I like the Ice Cold vignette. When she's talking about all the issues she's overcame. And, I mean, <laughs> including physical assault. Make of that what you will. Death in the family and, you know, things like that. And... You're watching this and you're like, well, how am I supposed to boo for this, you know, boo this woman? See, how she's supposed to come out as a heel after, you know, telling me what she overcame. But that's what, that's wow. And that's what wow would do. And like I said, all of that stopped. And then they just, then they just started doing the absolute bare minimum of anybody doing anything to get their persona over to the audience. In this case, is BK Rhythm doing the same kind of thing? And I know she kind of has to uh, come up with something that is vague enough that we they can do it. So she cuts a promo or a rap on whoever's in front of her, but it doesn't really go anywhere. And the, the week before proved that this audience does not care. They don't. She, she cut a, 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 a rhyme on the mother truckers and what wild considered to be a hot line when she said something about Sophia Lopez, uh, the crowd did not give two. Well, I'm not going to cuss on here. They, they didn't, they didn't care at all. They just did. And I would suspect that they cared less here because it was just something on BK. I mean, on, on Tiki tomorrow that, you know, that you would expect the heel to either say or do. But once that happened, Chamorro pretty much took over the match. This is this is one of the few times I've seen Tika Chamorro just like in absolute control. <laughs> From the second this bell started, Chamorro's like laying into uh, BK Rhythm. Now, now that's not her just smashing her, but she was in control and it was very evident that she was in control. I mean, she hit a pounce on BK Rhythm at one point in the match. A pounce. For those of you that don't know what the pounce is, you need to go find uh, Monty Brown and TNA, or you need to see Marcus Corvan, who was Monty Brown, <laughs> when he went to ECW. But if you if you want to see a good match with him, look at him in, in TNA wrestling, <clears throat> who was the uh, innovator of the pounce, at least by name. 
So uh, Rhythm does get the advantage back on her side at one point when Tamara comes out and Rhythm catches her leg and sweeps it out from underneath her. And then at that point, she's in control. Uh, this, y- you got to go back to what was said at the beginning. There's, there's nothing here. Tomorrow does a lot of, you know, stuff with facial expressions, you know, to kind of ex- express her concern, confusion, what's going on and stuff like that. It, I mean, it's almost cartoon-like to the faces that she makes. But I understand that she she's trying to relate what she's feeling in the ring to the viewing audience and to the audience at large there in the crowd. <clears throat> but this is basically with the... With the exception of the spurt that BK Rhythm brought up, this was essentially a showcase for Tiki Chamorro. And a showcase it became. You know, she she did manage to start off the match hot. She she gave Rhythm a a, a spot in between, you know, to get her her stuff. But then Chamorro took it back over. Took it down with a palm strike, dropped it with a drop toe hole, and Rhythm was like, what's going on? What's happening here? I mean, she just looked like she could not get a, a figure on on tomorrow, which only goes to show me where in the pecking order PK Rhythm falls in the Wilds lineup. Tomorrow had been the designated underdog for, for a while, but she'd also taken a couple of beatings. And largely had to use the assistance of the Tonga twins, you know, as of late to really come across as the badass. But here, I mean, she was like in full control. When she got back over on BK Rhythm, she hit her with her 619 variation. I don't know what her area code is. And then once she did that, she does like a springboard splash off the second rope right onto BK Rhythm. And then that's it. Not only did she pin her with that, she pinned her with that with ease. Like she <laughs> smiles at the camera and does like this cutesy pose. And that was it. She's just like, all right, <laughs> that's it. Done. You're finished. So tomorrow beats BK Rhythm in the middle of the ring, clean as a whistle. And that was that. It was nothing else really to it. She got her and then they, we move on. And, and that there's no promo i mean well, i should say there's no angle that's going on here there's just it's just another match um they have a preview following this in the next segment for the next match it's another cold match no angle no storyline no nothing and a little clip of los angeles is like a los angeles promo we're in downtown los angeles folks in a beautiful city you know and they they tend to do that quite a bit it makes me question. It's like, are they getting paid for this? Is like the city of Los Angeles cutting them a check to promote LA or something? They, they, you should be proud of the city that you're in. I'm just, they just seem to have done this more than necessary. Let me just put it that way. Uh, but this goes into the next match, third segment, and that is. Robbie Rocket taking on Foxy Fierce. Uh, Foxy looked good in this match. And surprisingly, at least for me, 
the crowd actually got into her. They actually got into Foxy and started cheering. I don't know if I've heard them cheer for many people in WoW. Uh, there's a lot of times when you look at WoW and that, that crowd looks like they are just there because their kids asked them to be there, quite honestly. I like you, you can look in that audience and you can see the parents in like the the fourth, the third, fourth, fifth row and whatnot, and they just look like they are only there because their kids say, take me to the wild tapings or something. Uh, but this was surprising to me that somehow Foxy Fierce was managed to break that and get the crowd cheering for her. I don't know if somebody was standing off stage saying, all right, guys, clap and cheer and whatnot, but, but it did happen. So that was so good for her. Uh, I, I brought up Tiki's facial expressions and how, you know, kind of over the top and cartoony they are. You know, I, I know that that's what she does to try to relate the uh, the expressions and the emotions that she's having. But Robbie Rocket is another one does that does a good job of that from top to bottom. I mean, and it's not over the top and cartoony either. Her facial expressions like super fit the mood. She, you know, from frustration to anger to, you know, whatever it is in between, she, her facials are fantastic. Uh, I can only assume that there was a fair amount of makeup that was on, that was on Foxy Fierce before she stepped out into this match because the powder blue outfit that uh, Robbie Rocket wears got stained with with uh, brown on her backside at a certain point, which I can only assume that, okay, Foxy had her face up against there at some, somewhere in the course of this match, that's what happened. I mean, you know, that that's what takes place. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. But I, that's just a little, uh, little point of note. Um, this is probably the most crowd engagement that I have heard in a while. And just to get to it, Foxy wins, and Foxy won clean. I was really surprised. This was, in my view, it was much like the first match where I said it was a showcase for Tiki tomorrow. Uh, This was a showcase for Foxy, with the exception of the spots that um, Robbie Rocket had. And Robbie looked good here. She did not make it a squash. She did not just step in there and just take a beating. Uh, She got in there and she fought and she put up a competitive match. But when I say that it was a showcase of Foxy, I mean, Foxy does not come by wins in this promotion often. In fact, I would say her win-loss record is more lost than win. She's probably about, you know, an 80-20 split if you just went down the line. And, and, you know, that's just me saying it off the top of my head. I have not done the math. But uh, considering the amount of loss that she's had and and the the matches that she's been in, seeing her in any sort of match like this is – and when I say a match like this where she's competitive and she actually looked like she was putting up a fight, <laughs> to, you know, a better fight, I should say, than, than her previous outings, uh, 
this is why it came off as a showcase for me. And Robbie did a great job of helping her look good and helping her look like she overcame an obstacle, not just she got in there and she just beat her easy. The, the match was not easy. The win was not easy. Robbie is a good heel. And she's one of those people that I wish they had something else for her to do. I wish that there was a, a, a different goal that she could acquire. She's one of those people that need that. I know David McClain has made it public and he's made it very clear he does not want a secondary title in a while. Because people have suggested it. He's been on press calls where I've heard him. He's like, he didn't, that's not something he wants to do because he wants to leave the, the focus on the world's championship. And that's fine, but be that as it may, what that does to it, and I'm not saying that he's wrong for, for wanting, you know, the world's championship to have the focus, but what it does do it, in some degree with people like Robbie Rocket, with people like um, Las Benditas, with people like Foxy Fierce, for that matter, the ones that are not going to be in the world title picture anytime soon, if at all, they need something to go for. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a secondary title. I mean, a, 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 a one-night tournament to win a, a trophy or, you know, something along those lines. I mean, they, they can make up any number of things to, to give them a, a title, a championship, a goal. It doesn't have to be a defendable title. I mean, you know, Super Bowl isn't – the Super Bowl championship isn't a defendable championship. I mean, technically, they say it is like we're the defending champions if they go back. But it's not like they hand over the trophy if they lose. You know what I mean? The trophy stays where it's at, whether you're defending, and I use air quotes around that, whether you're the defending champion or not. Wild can use something like that, in my view. They can take. An old legend and, and give a commemorative cup or something like that. I, like, I'm very surprised they have not mentioned or brought up or done something for Thug, a.k.a. Peggy Lee Leather. It's been weeks since she's passed, and they haven't said anything. They haven't put a graphic up. They haven't put it on their website. They haven't put it on uh, the YouTube channel or their TV show. It's just not been acknowledged. It just They just moved on, which is really, quite honestly, is disappointing. It's disappointing that of all the promotions, not to say something about them that Wow didn't. Because that probably was her most visible portion of televised wrestling that she's done. Regularly, I should say, as a regular component of the show. And they didn't bring it up. But, uh... Things like that. I mean, a, a commemorative cup. I know that I, I just sidebarred there, but a commemorative cup or, you know, something that you can do that would allot those wrestlers who are outside of that main event tier to have a goal, something to fight over rather than a series of unconnected, unimportant, and interchangeable matches. So, uh, you already know who won, but let's get to how that happened. 
Thiers is able to get a rear end on Robbie Rocket at some point in the match. Robbie takes that on the rope so she doesn't go down, and when Thiers uh, turns, Robbie does a quick roll-up. Gets two count. She shoots shoots Fierce into the ropes again. Now, I have absolutely no idea why Robbie Rocket would choose after she sends her into the ropes to turn and start yelling at the audience slash commentating booth. Because in theory, when I throw you into the ropes, I should be expecting you to come back. Maybe this is because she's new. Maybe it's because she's in that that first year of her wrestling career. Maybe it's because they told her to do it. I don't know. But that spot did not make a lot of sense that she would choose to do that in the middle of the match. Fierce catches the rope so she doesn't bounce back. Robbie charges in and then she gets caught with a series of kicks, which Fierce does very well, by the way. Um... And like I said, she somehow, don't know how she did it, but she somehow got that audience into her. Robbie Rocket tries to go for a clothesline. Fierce comes back and catches her with another rear end, which puts Robbie down. Robbie tries to hoist herself up. You can see the camera had it. It was right on her. You can see that she gave her, she being Robbie, gave some instruction to Foxy Fierce from the corner. Fierce hoists her up to the top rope. And she does a head scissors from the top, which Robbie had to kind of reposition so that it would look good (laughs) and it would actually take her over. So she does that, hooks the head, brings her down. Fierce gets the pin, one, two, three, and she scores a clean win over Robbie Rocket. Impressive. I I will say that. It was impressive. It, I mean, I know this match isn't going anywhere, but it was an impressive match. Uh, after the match, Dave McClain interviews Foxy, and she gives a basic interview about nothing. I did it for the people and, you know, so on and so forth. It, it wasn't really anything there. <clears throat> it was it was just a it was just an interview for the sake of an interview. Didn't establish any goal. Didn't establish any angle it didn't establish any path that she was going to take it was just you know i I did it for the people and you know just moved on my my question there was why has she not brought up penelope pink now this is not uh, a complaint as to why she didn't do it because you know if they didn't want her to bring that up then I, i guess she shouldn't but i question it because the last person that Penelope Pink was in the ring with when she was going for the championship in that gauntlet was Foxy Fierce. Now, I know, and you probably know, and maybe the vast majority of the people that watch that show know, that Fierce is, and I'm only saying this based on how they booked her. She's not championship material. So she was not going to get that, but, you know, it it. it might have given her something to do if she had declared that she wanted to, you know, get her rematch against Penelope Pink. She she made it to the quote-unquote finals of the gauntlet that we never saw in that terrible episode, episode 25. 
she theoretically outlasted everybody else along with Penelope Pink. So, you know, you would think that she would want some sort of opportunity, at least, at the championship, which never was brought up and never took place, and it was really never mentioned again. Uh, but that's just a sign. Again, you know, that that's not something that's not a necessity. It's not like they were looking to kick off some sort of feud. They just moved on, and so I shall move on as well. Next segment was the preview for the next match. It was a preview for Tormenta versus Jennifer. Gen Z Flores. I am going to take a moment here to sidebar about something uh, relative to the wrestlers that are on WoW. And the persons that they are outside of WoW. And there's a number of them that wrestle for WoW, but also wrestle elsewhere. BK Rhythm, Russell's as Killer Kate, Robbie Rocket. <clears throat> I, I forget her first name, but she, she's also wrestles as Rocket on the, on the independents. Tormenta wrestles as Chick Tormenta. Uh, Jennifer Flores wrestles as Jasmine Allure. There, there's any number of people. Raina Del Rey uh, wrestles on the Independence Wrecking Ball, wrestles as Heidi Hauserwitz. Holiday, Siren of Voodoo, almost everybody on this show wrestles outside of WoW in a different persona. With the exception of, as far as I can tell, Tiki, Chamaro, and Foxy Fierce. They seem to be the only ones that I know of that do not wrestle beyond wow. I bring that up to say this. If wow is the only means that you know these people, if you've not seen Killer Kate, for instance, and you only know her as BK Rhythm, you're missing out. If you only know Tormenta from WoW and not stuff that she did in Mexico or elsewhere on the independence across the United States. <laughs> You're missing out. Same thing with uh, Flores opposed to Jasmine Allure. All of these people who wrestle in WoW and wrestle as a different persona outside of WoW. If if WoW is the only way that you have seen them, had the opportunity to um, watch them work or work against other people, I, you're, you're missing out on the best parts of their, their wrestling career. You're probably going to see them have longer matches. You're probably going to see them have more engaging matches. You're probably going to see them have matches that carry more uh, weight with the audience, depending on where they're at and, and where they are in the middle of their angle. All of those things, uh, and I cannot express that enough. If you have not seen them elsewhere, you're shorting yourself of seeing the best parts of them. Uh, Raina Del Rey, who wrestles as Ruby Rays, also, you know what I mean? She she is a, a fine talent that exists outside of that company. But if you've 
not seen her in the various places that she has. And she wrestles mostly on the West Coast. But if you, So if you haven't seen her do that, you are missing some of her better portions of her wrestling career. And I just felt like that was something that needed to be said because apparently there are people out there who have no idea that WoW has people that wrestled outside of WoW. It's like all they know is BK Rhythm. And they have no idea that she was anyplace else beyond that. All they know is Raina Del Rey. All they know is Wrecking Ball. All they know is Siren the Voodoo Doll. They don't know Nina Monet. So <clears throat> in cases like that, there's probably a thousand matches that you can go on YouTube and find and, and with the, you know the various members of the WoW roster for the ones that actually wrestle independently. And I would say, without mentioning a particular match, you should go seek those out. You should go seek those out just to get the flavor of what they do beyond WoW because all due respect to WoW, but WoW also stops a lot of them from going full bore because they can't. You know, you can't deliver that on television all the time. But in some cases, they just don't have the time frame for it. You know, when your average match is about eight minutes or so, it's hard to tell the story that they can tell when they're given 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes to tell that story bill to bill. Vicky Lynn McCoy, she has a pretty brutal women's bull rope match that exists out there. Wrestling under the name of Kelsey Lynn. That's another one that I think you should look up. I, you know, Micah Mydrid, I, I can't, uh, I can't tell whether that's uh, the other member of 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 Las Bandidas or not. It would not shock me if she, if it is. I don't think so. But uh, you know, don't quote me on that because I haven't gone through the the measure of looking it up and making sure you know matter of fact now that i'm saying that why don't we just do that right now why don't, why don't we take a look and see if does she have a listing uh as anyone else because she looks like sylvia sanchez but i don't want to assume that she's sylvia sanchez and i am correct sylvia sanchez so you got another wild girl there. You you got Kelsey Lynn and Micah Madrid, aka Vicky Lynn McCoy and Sylvia Sanchez in a very very hard hitting women's bull rope match, and with the, without giving up a lot of it, that power bomb that uh, Kelsey Lynn stuck her with in the match, beautiful, beautiful. She she hit a just a great power bomb there. And not that spinner, I mean like a standard Sid Vicious, Kevin Nash, you know, one of those type of powers. Like I'm standing here and I'm just going to spike it. So, yeah, I, I just I just had to veer off there and uh, get that out. Since, you know, we were, well, since I was talking about uh, 
the differences between the two. So now we go into the third match of the night of this episode, which is Tormenta with Sofia Lopez taking on Jennifer Gen Z Flores and, you know, just, just the normal stuff. The first thing that I noticed here is that they took a step backwards in my view with Sofia Lopez. It went right back to having her come out and smile and shake hands and, you know, be friendly with all the people and the kids and everything. Why are they doing this? I don't understand the point of having your heel manager come out and shake hands with the fans, particularly the kids who probably don't understand, and it's not going anywhere. They, they've been doing this for months, and it hasn't gone anywhere. I've said when they started this, if they are trying to have her be disingenuous and you know be one way in front of the fans and then uh, blatantly kind of shift gears when they're when she thinks they're not looking or whatever the case may be, <clears throat> then that would make sense to me. But this, they've never done anything with that. They've never, ever, ever done anything with that. It's just Sofia Lopez comes out and shakes hands and kisses babies and, you know, for no rhyme or reason, then she just, she's mean when the bell rings. But they never address it and never bring it up. It's just, ah, Sofia Lopez, greatest manager in the world and all, you know, the stuff that they like to say. It's the same talking points about Lopez and whoever she manages, you know, from start to finish. I do not understand, especially when no less than 30 seconds later after Sofia Lopez walks into the ring and she gives the intro, you've got her charge or her client who is an absolute heel. Tormenta comes out following Sofia Lopez doing her babyface shake hands stick. And when Lopez gets the microphone and introduces her, Tormenta comes out and she doesn't shake hands with anybody. She doesn't even look their way. She is in full heel mode, as she should be. Why is Sofia Lopez not in heel mode, especially when they just did it a week ago or whenever it was, like probably two weeks back if I'm going to be more accurate. She came out with Las Banditas, and she was in, she had her working shoes on. She came out, and she didn't shake any hands. She didn't kiss any babies. She didn't smile at anybody. She just walked out there and took the microphone and then introduced her team, which is what she should be doing. That is how she should be acting. That is how it should work. But after doing that, now she's right back to doing the same thing that she was doing before. Why is she doing this? Who is has given her the go-ahead to like, yeah, just going out there and you know, shake hands, it's fine. How no one backstage has not said anything about this by now is beyond me. It is beyond me that somebody has not brought it up or said it and said, hey, look, this, we're not going anywhere with that. Just stop. We need you to be a heel. Go out there and be a heel. Ignore those people. 
Don't shake their hands. Don't smile at them. Be a heel. It wasn't less than two weeks ago where she came out there and she did that, where she just walked out with her team and took that microphone and healed it up. Now we're right back to, you know, this this whole thing. And I don't understand it. So after that, after the introductions, after Tormenta's out there and Sophia Lopez has, you know, done her, her deal and she's waiting at the corner, Flores comes out and, and you know, they do the they do the the whole babyface heel match and the match is fine. The crowd is surprisingly their energy was relatively high here. I I am shocked, but also put this this must have been taped earlier in the night. That crowd isn't it doesn't they don't look tired they don't you know or at least in portions of this they didn't come off that way they seemed like they were still into it and. Wanting to use their thunderclappers and cheer and boo and, and all that good stuff. And it, I, I will admit, it looked great on screen that they had that. I am curious whether everybody buys those or the wild hands them out and like, use this on TV. It wouldn't shock me if they said, hey, look, we're just giving them out. Use these when you have them. But if that's not the case, then, you know, good on those fans, good on them for helping make the episode or, or at least the match look and feel like a stronger match. And it did. It looked and it felt like a stronger match. Uh, Tormenta did an impressive show of strength, catching Flores in the middle of a dive. I, I was impressed by that. Um this was a nice and competitive match between Tormenta and Flores. Flores in the Wild Universe uh, has fallen into the same category that I'd say with Fox Fierce, BK Rhythm, and others, where her primary job is to make the other person look good. At least that's what it feels like. She puts up, you know, good effort and she puts up, you know, good matches. But oftentimes we see her go down. So when I see her in a match with someone like Tormenta, who is well-trained and traveled, I get the impression that somebody like Flores or Jasmine Allure, if you're elsewhere, I get the impression that she is largely there to give Tormenta or whomever she happens to be in the ring with that day the best match that they can possibly have. And I think that this was this was it. She she gave the best match that she could possibly get by making Tormenta look Fantastic. Flores took a dive to the outside. Now, it wasn't a straight catch by by uh, Tormenta. But when Flores comes out, she jumps, and Tormenta, uh, for the most part, caught her. I mean, I, I, I think it's still impressive that she hoisted her back up and walked her to the ring post. 
Uh, the catch, there was a brief moment where she had, you know, uh, set, her, uh, set her down for a second and then hoist her back up. And then she walked her over to the ring post and stuck her back into the, the uh, post. Tormenta's job here was to work as a heel and beat her up, which is fine. It, it works with who she is. In fact, I'm not, you know, I would have been uh, happy if she had done some more like, you know, just torturous submission holes or just stuff to make her feel the pain. And, you know, then you can really lay into the Tormenta name. Uh, that didn't necessarily happen, but she still did a fantastic job of just manhandling uh, Flores for the most part. Flores did get some good counters in there. There was a point where um, Tormenta had her up on her shoulders and like a, a modified torch rack position for us able to get out of that, spin her down, and then double stomp her in the stomach. And then she goes for a couple of covers. She tries a roll up. She tries a small package, none of which work. Uh, you had the moment where Tormenta is like, "Oh my gosh, what's going on here?" You know, you, you could. Tell that even through the mask. Uh, and that, I think, says a lot for her, that she's able to kind of relate that even without it. The spot that they had following that, I thought, was uh, the, the timing might have been questionable, but they uh, they got fairly close. <clears throat> Flores charges in. Tormenta gets out of the way, and Flores throws herself into the, the turnbuckle in the corner. Uh, again, it, it might have been timed a little tighter than that, but, you know, it's hard to do that unless you're in the ring. So, you know, I'm not going to give them any flack about it. <laughs> Tormenta gets out of the way. Flores plows herself into the, uh, the post, or at least the turnbuckles. That puts her down, but not down long enough. She gets back up as Tormenta goes to the second rope. And she's trying to get in a big move off of the, off of the top rope from uh, with Tormenta. She hits her with what was referred to when Frankie Kazarian did it as future shocks. She takes her off the top rope, flips backward, and nails her. You know what? No, I don't think it was known. It was the flux capacitor when he was doing it. So, I mean, so I guess it's a... a, a, a a matter of where you heard him do it at, but we'll call it the flux capacity here. So she nails that, but it is not enough to keep Tormenta down. And for the third time in the match, Tormenta gets her up in this reverse torch rack position. I mean, she hoists her up, gets her in like a tilt world, plants her on top of her shoulders, and then does the fall backwards, which drives Flores stomach first into the mat, and then that's it. She spikes her, bam, one, two, three. Knocks her out of her. Referee gets over there, covers, makes the pin, and Tormenta gets another win. After that horrible losing streak that she was on before she disappeared, now she gets a win. So it is good for her. I don't know if they're, you know, I guess they're going to just move past uh, Tormenta and her terrible losing ways and I guess this is the revamp or Tormenta so good on her that she has the opportunity to be redone and make people forget that she was ever 
in a losing position in WoW. So, again, good on her. I hope for her sake that they are able to continue that. And I also hope for her sake that it repositions her back into uh, championship contendership. So we go into the next segment, this video package. Rain Del Rey and Wrecking Ball taking on the dark side. There's enough said right there. No need to go into further description. Following segment after that is a preview of the Tonga Twins taking on Miami Sweet Heat again for the tag team titles. And this is a setup for next week, not this one. You know, so they're doing the preview, hopefully to get your attention and hopefully to make you want to tune in and watch that main event. The next segment is the main event segment. It is Reina Del Rey and Wrecking Ball taking on Holiday and Siren of Uderdal. The first thing that I said here is why is this match happening? Not that you don't have four people who theoretically shouldn't be able to deliver a good match. Not because of those reasons. But as far as I had been aware as far as they have been presented on television as far as everything that has led to this point this is an all heel matchup so why are we having this I I, I don't uh, I don't get where this is supposed to be going or why they booked it shouldn't they I mean I know there's some other babyface team that they have to have in there that this would be more suitable for, but nope, it's just an all-heel match. Now, let's recap something that I will refer to them as last call because that's how I get it in the emails, even if they don't refer to them as that on TV. So just, just bear with me here. So last call, you know, just to recap them, they were in a number one contenders match against the Tonga Twins about a week ago. Uh, or was it a week ago or two weeks? I think two weeks. About two weeks back from this episode. And they lost in a very unimpressive match. So they got knocked out of the tag team contendership. Now, I am happy that... They didn't just fold the team up and disappear just based on that because, you know, that's another thing that would not surprise me in the wild universe. But at the same time, I question, like, are we supposed to be going into another match where it's just baby fit? I mean, heel versus heel. I'd, maybe they need some more babyface teams to throw in there so that they have somebody to wrestle and beat up on. Or whatever the case may be. But this is presented as two teams of equal stature that are facing off. And who's going to move first? It's a rock versus a rock. Well, this is the exact same dynamic that they tried to present with Last Call versus the Tonga Twins. 
It was another case of in the wild universe is the unstoppable force and the immovable object is a rock versus a rock. Who's going to blink first? And it's kind of slow. I mean, not bad, but it's kind of slow. It started off a holiday and, and wrecking ball squaring off against each other. They locking up and no one's giving an inch. You go into the ropes. I don't move. The other person goes to the ropes. I don't move. And when the first pin of the match goes down, Raina Del Rey comes in and saves her partner because uh, Siren popped Wrecking Ball in the back. Wrecking Ball no-sold it, but it distracted her long enough for Holiday to catch a clothesline, and she was going for the cover. Del Rey was so concerned that she ran in and she made the, uh, the save. Del Rey was in there for maybe 30 seconds before she tagged back out to put Wrecking Ball back in, and they both do some double-team stuff to, I was about to say Nina Monet, but Siren the Voodoo Doll. So, uh, one of the notes that I put on here, this show comes on at midnight in the area that I watch it typically, which is Atlanta. And this match started at 12.52 a.m. I made sure to put that down. Because in my mind at that point, I was like, they'll get eight minutes at best for this match. Which is supposed to be some, you know, brawl and uncontrollable, whatever. Eight minutes at in a best case scenario. Which is probably down to seven or six when you include the entrances. So at some point in the match, and I just, you know, that was just a point of note for me. So at some point in this match, Wrecking Ball gets isolated again because he got tagged right back in, even though Raina Del Rey, you know, just tagged in. Just reversed and tagged her partner who probably needed to rest in the kayfabe world, but, you know, that didn't happen. So, Reagan Ball's in, and now the dark side, and again, I will refer to them as the dark side, even though WoW doesn't typically do it. But I need team names here to make it simple. So, the dark side put Reina Del Rey down. Holiday charges over to just forearms Del Rey right off the apron, which leaves Reagan Ball in the ring by herself, which is Basically, what happened at the end of the Tongans match. Raina Del Rey went down, and the Tongans were able to double team and defeat Wrecking Ball. So now we got Del Rey down on the mat again, or down on the floor again. And they keep putting it down, and Wrecking Ball is in there having to deal with both of them. Now, there's a point in this match that is. <laughs> A clear and obvious miscommunication that took place when they have Reggae Ball in the corner of the heels, where they post her up in the corner and they make a tag. Holiday makes a tag to Siren. And they're going to do the old, I throw you back into the corner clothesline bit. Reggae Ball was about to walk out of that corner. Assumably because she either did not know they were going to do this or they or she forgot or whatever. But when she did, 
it suddenly occurred to her, like, oh, they're going to do a clothesline. She had to backtrack and get back into the corner so, so that she could take the clothesline. And then after the siren did it, then, you know, Holiday comes in and she does her big splash. And as the first two times, Holiday charges over and knocks Del Rey back off of the apron to make sure that she doesn't get back in. And they commence to beating up on Wrecking Ball again. Del Rey and Wrecking Ball are the de facto babyfaces in this environment just because of how the dark side are working here. Because, hey, they're, they're the one that was doing the most cheating. And even though Del Rey and Wrecking Ball are, in their world, weird, and they they beat up on each other as much as they you know would want to beat up on the next person. You know that was the whole premise of how they tagged up to begin with that they beat each other up so badly <laughs> that they'd earn some respect for the next person. Uh, this is uh, th- th- that was a loose knit way to get that team together, <laughs> and this is the result of that. You know, that they, they start having this team that only teams out of, I guess, uh, this is the hardest person. I've, and I'm filling in blanks here. I'm just going to tell you that. I'm filling in blanks because they've never said that. So, But this is a matter of the, the two teams who were uh, the two members that were so hard up against each other in the one match they had. It's like, ah, oh, well, we should team up. So in this environment, they did not do anything heelish necessarily they just took a beating from the uh from the de facto heel team in the dark side delray gets up and tries to get in one more time holiday tries to hit her but this time delray is ready and she hooks the waist of holiday and and yanks her out of the ring eventually as does wrecking ball goes in and they start beating up on Siren on the outside. So now this match has turned into a four-way brawl on the outside of the ring as the dark side and last call essentially go beating up on each other and no one's paying attention to the count anymore. So the referee's standing there making the count. All of them are just smacking each other around on the outside, throwing them into the rails, kicking on the floor, so on and so forth. And then they get to the 10 count, and the referee's like, all right, that's it. No, no contest. We, you know, everybody loses, or no, there's no winner here. The four of them do or did fine in this match, even though the match is relatively short. And it's a no hose bar, no, yeah, no hose bar brawl in a wow environment and i say in a wow environment because they have to sanitize their brawls you're not going to get blood out of that you're not going to get a ton of weapons if any you're not going to see them all over the building regardless of what they say is is going to be contained within that ringside area is going to be maybe a, I, I can't even say, I was going to say maybe a chair, but I can't even say a chair that no one's ever used a chair there. Uh, or, you know, maybe some light props that they have around. 
But the point being is that a brawl in WoW is not going to be the same kind of brawl that you would get in even with the women, with other, you know, other promotions. You just can't because of the sanitized environment that WoW exists in. So that match was thrown out because everybody was beating up on everybody and then they they didn't want to get in the ring and they just ended it. All of that to say and repeat that this was a basic match. I mean, not match, sorry. This is a basic show. The show was fairly basic just on it not having any sort of angle or storyline or whatever to make this feel any bigger. It was just a series of matches, most of which, I ain't going to say most of which, all of which had no real uh, implications one way or the other. BK Rhythm vs. Tika Chamorro, no implication there. Robbie Rocket and Fox Fierce, nothing there. Tormenta and Jen- Jennifer Flores, nothing there. And this main event, Del Rey and Wrecking Ball, last call, taking on Holiday and the Sire and the Voodoo Doll, the dark side, nothing there. It was just a series of matches that didn't lead anywhere and didn't push anything and outside of the video package that you got for next week really didn't promote all that much it was standard at best that and that's the nicest thing i can say for it it was a standard show at best so leaps luchadors and monsters clash it it, it was a c it was average wasn't bad, but it was average. Nothing was taken away, but nothing was added. The promos that did exist didn't really forward anything. It is it's just this. It was just average. Now, if you feel that it was beyond that, if you feel like this is a B plus show or A show or something like that, please, by all means, leave it in the comments. I I accept whatever counter somebody may have. I mean, I, I'm hard pressed to think anybody can counter it. I'm hard pressed to think anybody watched or paid attention enough to see where these angles and storylines are going which is the entire reason that I you know I rate the the things that they do the way that I rate the things that they do it is if it was just on the matches it would probably be okay but when you're doing the matches and you're adding in the fact that they were supposed to set up or got to something or whatever the case may be and they don't deliver on that this is what makes WoW come off as bad when they underdeliver, when they constantly drop angles and storylines uh, because of their taping schedule, when they have to have the commentators 
fill in the blanks for every little thing that happens. And, and I repeat, I understand that you have to do that. I've had to do it. But I never had to do it that much. You know, sometimes you just got to have the person go out there and get on the microphone and explain it themselves. I don't understand why they don't. They can speak. But it's like, wow, really just wants them to be these cartoon characters and, and not have anything beyond the costume that they wear. Like that is where their personality starts and that's where their personality stops. And yeah, you could get more if you actually heard them talk, but they don't let them talk. And if they do talk, they don't say anything. It's just they have learned how to say a lot of words without saying anything at all. And this that's what I got out of while. They 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 can put a microphone in front of some people and they can say a lot of things, but they don't say anything at all. See the Foxy Fierce promo. She said a lot, but I doubt that any of that goes anywhere. So it's a C. That's that's my best case scenario. And so with that, we've uh, concluded another episode of WoW and its review. I am now waiting for and looking forward to seeing where exactly any of this goes if it goes anywhere and i am also waiting to see what they're going to do with the tag team championship match that allegedly is supposed to be this big super brawl they're gonna go all night that's what david mcclain said we're gonna go all night it's going to be false count anywhere and, and all that other good stuff. So that that was the, the, the tag team titles, no count out, no time limit, false count anywhere. That That's a lot of stuff that they have promised. And I am waiting to see, are they going to deliver this time? They have not delivered with much, but are they going to deliver this time? I will tune in to find out. And hopefully you will too. And if you don't, I will be here to give you the recap. I will let you know exactly what went down and whether it was worth it, whether it was worth your time to even try to find and watch. So on that, this is my close. So here we go. This is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long. And we will see you on the next go-round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.